Hello, everyone, and welcome to Total Football Debate podcast episode 23. It's the trio back again. And boy, have we got a lot to discuss. On the day of recording, we've got one hell of a story. And funny enough, it involves one of our own teams. So, boys, Jason, Cookie, how are you both? I'm quite chipping myself, to be honest. I was going to say, you must be on cloud nine if you might have to keep this guy quiet tonight. I mean, I didn't take much note of the results on Saturday because I was busy, but that is one that I definitely didn't keep an eye on because I thought we'd do bugger all in it. But enough said. Yeah, I think I need to try and keep you both quiet. I mean, I thought I was going to have it relatively easy and just sit back and not talk about my game. And then lo and behold, we go and drop a pipe bomb. Yeah, looks like we've all got something to say. So, as per usual, we're going to discuss the televised games. Uh, one of the five, funny enough, is happening right now. So, fingers crossed, come the end of the four games that we talk about, we should hopefully land on that one just as full-time blows. And, well, we might be coming for Rafa sooner or later if it carries on the way it's going. It's currently at half-time, Wolves 2, Everton nil. So I'm sure we've got a bit to say about that one. But before that, we've got three massive games and then one that I really couldn't care less about. But it was televised, therefore we've got to discuss it. What a shame, Jace. What a shame. <laughs> well, I guess there's only one place to start. In all fairness, any one of these three games could have gone first. But because of the story coming out today... I was dreading this originally, and now all of a sudden I'm thinking, what could be? We go to the 5.30 kickoff on Saturday, which was, of course, Tottenham nil, Man United 3. <sighs> Do I have to talk about the game myself? Can I just go on mute and let you two talk, and I'll take my headphones out so I don't have to hear whatever you two have got to say about it? I've been waiting all week for this. I've been waiting all weekend. Well, go on then. I'm going to go on mute. I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> Maybe not. You, you, you take the reins, Cookie. Off you go. Well, where do we start? <sighs> I mean, before the game, it was all talk about Ollie. Three games left to save his job. This one was the first, the big crucial one. Is he going to change the system? Is he going to drop players, add players? He decided to go with a back five, which when I looked at it, I thought, Jesus, you got all that attack and talent in the world and you're having to play a back five against the team that is struggling to score goals. And it took one bit of quality that we've been waiting to see between the two Portuguese lads, Bruno and that man, CR7. I mean, what can you say about the goal? It's quality. 1-0 Man United. You think, going to half-time, see a little bit more bite from Tottenham. What do they go and do? Very, very little. Getting caught on a counter-attack. Some of the best players in the world for them. Probably not playing it like that, but I mean, United were on the ropes and I thought it was a very big opportunity for you guys to go out and take it to him. I mean, obviously he's now paid the price and say he saved himself for another week. The irony, and I think the big talking point of that game, is the result probably had ramifications for Zed Club, who was at the wrong end of the result, 
and that probably for United fans, they probably in a cynical way wanted to lose that game because I think if they do, maybe today, probably not because the owners have a history of backing Solskjaer to the jilt. So maybe they wouldn't have done. But I do think had it been the other way around, we could possibly, given the news tonight around Conte and Spurs, possibly the heat and the links with Conte and United would have sped up. So for me, the big point in that game is that was two managers, basically, whatever the result, whoever was on the wrong end of it. I think Solskjaer maybe not would have been sacked today, but I certainly think, given that they've got the Manchester derby this weekend, I think the writing would have been on the wall and the owners would have been forced into some kind of action. Would Man United fans take back that win if that meant they would have Conte today? 100%. No doubt about it. If I'd have gone into that game knowing that Nuno would be sacked, and I had a feeling he would if it was bad, let's be fair, how many 3-0s is that now that we've had? Now, yeah, the Conte deal, and I I said this earlier, there is no way he was joining without assurances because nothing had changed. If anything, Spurs were worse. But I think Spurs are so much worse that we are in a very peculiar situation whereby we are falling behind teams like West Ham um, and, you know, Arsenal, if Arsenal carry on the way they're going, Chelsea, we're probably going to be in regards to the big old London clubs like close together, West Ham, Arsenal, Spurs and Chelsea, bottom of the pack. Well, that long ago, we were only second to Chelsea with Conte's title winning season. So it's interesting, very interesting. And I, I've seen a lot of response from Man United fans today. They are not happy because Oli's done it again, hasn't he? He's pulled a miracle out of his arse to save him another five games and then he's going to go on a steady decline again. So um, now I can't believe I'm sitting here. I was dreading today and I can't believe I'm sitting here now thinking this might be the best news I've had (laughs) all season. Um, And I hope he does what we've been calling him to do and get rid of everyone because I can't see him joining if he hasn't got power. I do think this will be... I I don't think... Conte coming in will be a false dawn. Um, Nuno feels like it was, but it's hard to believe actually in his first three games, he won the first three. But I think with Conte, it's different. I think his credentials go before him. I do actually think Kane could well go, but it'll work out one of two ways. He'll either stay and they'll give him the money to build the team around Son and Kane, which, let's face it, I think we've alluded to it a couple of times, when the front three or four are playing, they're not far off. So it's not like Conte needs loads of players to get it ticking. So I think Kane will look at that and be like, right, if ever Spurs were going to win something, this is the guy you want to win something with. Daniel Levy is under the the biggest pressure I think he has arguably ever been as Tottenham manager. He gets this wrong. He fucks this up again. Then the Tottenham brand, the new stadium, everything means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. And Scott's right. West Ham at the minute are pushing up trees. And if Spurs ain't careful, there are other clubs in and around, you know, Everton looked like they were going to be one of those. But 
there are other clubs that will start pushing. And um, yeah, so I don't see... I don't see it not working out with Conte. I think he's been given assurances. Either Kane stays and there's funds there to attack January. Overall, though, one final point. I do think the makeup of the squad isn't too far off. Look, it's the appointment they should have done in the summer. That's more to the point. This should have been done three months ago. We do move on to the team that Jason just said is pulling up trees because Aston Villa won West Ham four. Now, first of all, how bad is it getting for one of those teams? And secondly, on the flip side, how good can it get for the other? And my first question is, definitely was a big question before the Conte news, because that's obviously now going to be something that's going to be taken into consideration, even though I don't think that will be his objective yet. But can West Ham get top four? I said at the beginning of the season... One injury to Antonio, Europa League run, and that will probably mean they finish mid-table. To me, they don't seem like they're going to, you know, their form isn't going to dip. I think they'll get every, every chance of staying up there. I mean, when they're winning games, they're not just, you know, beating teams, they're beating them comfortably. 10 games after, you know, 20 points after 10 games. So they could average what anything between kind of 75 and 78 points at the end of the season um so when you look at what that was good enough for last year united finished second on 74 points so yeah i mean look a few more teams are coming up in the pack now arsenal have put on a string of form leicester are back up there so obviously it all depend on how those cluster of teams kind of pan out but you know I definitely think they've got the capability of finishing above Man United, if they, especially if United don't get rid of Solskjaer. Um, Tottenham, obviously, remains to be seen what happens under Conte. Um, but yeah, I think they'll give it a good shot and I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I think for them, I think the fans would rather a trophy this year than finish top four. But absolutely, they've flown, they've flown through the Europa League. Tell you what, for a team though, West Ham... If you're given the only option of winning a trophy, and I would have agreed with you any other time, but when they're this close to getting Champions League, you're talking about West Ham in the Champions League. If you extra what would that do to that brand? Your dynasty are built on trophies. Now, if they finished fifth and won the FA Cup or a League Cup, or even done the FA and League Cup double, because I wouldn't put it past them at the minute, but there's nothing to say, you know. I know it's a long shot, but there's nothing to say they won't go far in the Europa League. The only trophy that I think that applies to, and it shows how important this trophy has become now, we used to laugh at it a bit, the Europa League, like we do with the Conference League now. Probably maybe we'll look back in five, ten years' time at this Conference League and it'll be a big, big tournament. I don't know. I think the Europa League would boost West Ham massively because that would get him in the Champions League anyway. FA Cup? League Cup, as much as I would I would love to sit here and say the FA Cup would do them wonders, I'm just looking at past winners of the FA Cup and I wouldn't say, you know, teams like Wigan or, or Portsmouth have got extra leverage over clubs around them because they've won an FA Cup in terms of transfers. I think the days, unfortunately, of that have gone. Um, yes, for the big teams, it, 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 to Tottenham, it would matter massively, but they've already built their status up. Arsenal still like winning it. You know, I think 
I think secure teams that are in the middle of the table, maybe. But I think when you're talking about West Ham having the opportunity to become the next biggest London team behind Chelsea, probably, you know, if they were in the Champions League and Arsenal and Spurs weren't, that is huge in terms of what they're doing. And now also they're building, they're adding the extra two and a half thousand seats to their rented stadium not that as you said last week that makes a massive difference because it's not theirs but numbers obviously play a big part but but I don't know I think the Europa League is the only one that really does elevate them to another level before we come on to Villa Cookie are you nervous about West Ham and the way they're going? West Ham scare me I mean four goals without a striker have been on the score sheet I mean that's frightening that midfield of Suchek and Rice at the minute, Declan Rice is becoming, is getting better and better to the point where I don't know many players who play in that position are playing better than him at the minute. For me as a fan, you win a trophy. You you go to games, you want to be at Wembley, you play for a cup. They'll take a League Cup, they'll take FA Cup, they'll take any kind of cup. I mean, I speak to West Ham fans quite regularly and they are loving the European nights at the minute. I mean, they can't stop scoring. They can't stop winning and whipping teams 3-4-0. or nil. I mean, the results they've had in the League Cup against United and City, I mean, you look at them two draws and you think, oh, God, they've gone through them. And then they've got Tottenham next. I mean, I fancy them to whip you again. I think they will come up short top four, like you said. I think teams, even like they could get an off week, if they go far in the Europa League, and they come up against the Southampton that are desperate for points, or, you know, Avila might be down there for the season now. So I think they might just come up short. I said to Jason last week, it's the best West Ham team I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yes. No doubt about it. By a long yes. shot. It's not even close. That's how scary it is. I, I mean, mean I Pyatt, when Pyatt played there, he's the best player I've seen playing a West Ham shirt. One man but team. As a team but as a team, I mean, this is scary. All right, so what about the other Clarets, Villa? What do, where does this leave them right now? Dean Smith gone. I've said it for weeks. I've Here we go. The next brand of Dan you can't, Smith you can't say Jason. You can't say he's... I can't, um, no. Far no I said it at the beginning of the season. I said it at the beginning of the season. Their limitation out of this squad will be Dean Smith. He 100% needs to be getting more out of that team. Villa have gone from Grealish being one-man team now they've brought four or five players in and tried to kind of bunch them together. Scott's mentioned it before with Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings. And it's not working. And for me, I've always said it, so I'm not going to labour it, but the minute Grealish left, it exposed Dean Smith's limitations. They were lucky when Grealish was there, that first lockdown season when Sheffield United, the whole VAR controversy, that game, if Villa didn't get that result, they'd have been relegated. Then the following year, they got steady kind of mid-table. But you know what? COVID happened. They beat Liverpool like 7-0. Like, it was just ridiculous. Now, Dean Smith's credentials are really being tested. And I don't think he's got it in him to turn it around, personally. One thing that's interesting, which answered our question, is Danny Ings didn't play and Ollie Watkins got a goal. You know, it's just, I think... You know, they're, they're deliberately trying to force a system to fit players. And we've seen this before with clubs. I can't think of examples off the top of my head where clubs have bought big players and just tried to cram them into a system and it doesn't work. Um, lo and behold, it leads to a downfall. Villa are very close to doing that. Um, 
they look a shadow of the team that they've been, you know, I can't believe Buendia, like, you know, I never thought we'd be looking at Norwich and going, actually, in a weird way, that transfer has ended up being a good business. We move on, though, because we've got three more games to go and we go to another big game. And let's be fair, it was a massive, massive result for a certain someone on this on this uh, this show. Oh, I'll sit back um, to this one then. And there's a, it was a massive result for, for a manager as well, because, I mean, that was a, as big a game for Arsenal as it could have been. You know, bearing in mind, Leicester and Arsenal were one above the other um, at that moment in time. Um, that's now, you know, God knows how many games since, well, the Man City game, Arsenal have yet to lose a game since August. How quick time flies. That's a huge result, especially away to, to Leicester as well. That's not even at the Emirates. Just as both teams were sort of finding their feet and, and hitting a run of form, one of them had to stumble. And unfortunately, it was the Foxes that stumbled. So it would make obvious sense that cookie, I would come to you to give your take on it. Uh, because once again, the boy pops up with a goal. Smith Rose becoming a bit of a bit of an icon over there in the number 10 shirt. Oh, the coin to De Bruyne. The two two new up with 20 minutes gone, you would have thought that uh, that would leave Arsenal a bit sort of exposed and you'd be thinking, oh, there's a good chance Leicester get back in this, but it just never came to fruition. Well, let's be fair before I pass it over to you. It never came to fruition because of a certain someone in between the posts. <laughs> let's not forget that. Um, but how did you find the game, mate? Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting there thinking, £30 million for Ramsdale, we all laughed at that. I mean, right, 2-0, you know, and then you hear him that Ramsdale made eight saves in the game, yeah? I think I noted down, all of them saves came before the 70th minute of that game. So that last 20 minutes, we controlled and killed that game, which for me says a lot about where this team is at right now. The ability that they've got now to realise that they can't just sit back on their 19-yard box in two banks of four and think they're going to sit on their laurels at 1-0, 2-0. They actually went and tried and got the third, which in fairness, we had a corner, and it all but nearly nicked the third, which would have been a real hammer blow to Leicester. Do you think Leicester gave showed a good account of themselves, though? Do you think they'll... Because obviously, 2-0... They, show... they did. I mean, the two games before that, I think, what was it? The 4-2 against Man United where they needed that win because they were in trouble. I think Rodgers changed the system a bit, didn't he? And then he goes to Brentford and gets a good result away from home. They seem to have their mojo back. I mean, if it weren't for an inspired Ramsdale on that back four, that could have been easily 4-5-2. On that, Jace, I mean, just away from Arsenal before we move on again, I mean, where do you see... Do, do you think Leicester will be feeling a bit of a you know, think... grievance losing that game? Because it was quite an important game for both teams. Yeah, I think look, I think Leicester are going to be one of those teams this year. They're in the Europa League. But they just seem like they're going to be one of those yo-yo clubs this year where they'll go on a couple of good results, they'll get some bad ones. I don't think they'll be as necessarily consistent as what they were the last few seasons. 
I think look, if they were to be that, then games against Arsenal, given how Arsenal have been perceived this season, you, you know, you've got to be looking at beating those teams in and around you, which they haven't done. And at the end of the day, when you look at the table and the cold heart of day, there's, you know, four points between them and 16th. I feel bad that we have to move on to this one, but we've somehow got to make this one stick <laughs> because, well, Super Sunday did not start very super. Uh, Jason, I'm really keen to hear what you've got to say about this game. So me and Cookie are going to go on mute whilst you talk about the mighty Norwich against Leeds. I mean, just relegate them now, isn't it? I mean, even their social media team... <laughs> They, they are the they given up? They, they got ripped. They uploaded a tweet saying key moments of the game and it was the two goals they conceded. I don't even know why we're wasting our time on the game. The only thing I can say on that game is it's a massive result for Leeds. But as for Norwich, given that they said they don't want to be walkovers, they want to be competitive in the Premier League and they've got the players to be competitive and they're internationals. Either the players need to kick up the, a massive kick up the arse, or as I've said numerous times, Bark is not the answer. Big question before we come on to the game, which is still going, so we're going to have to do as much as we can. But um, we'll maybe give an update on the on the on the game that's ongoing at the end of the show as well, just to summarise it. Um, TFD ran a poll: who should have sacked their manager first? Now. Are either of you surprised at the audacity that Leeds received 1% of the votes out of 151 votes that their manager should be sacked first before Tottenham, Man United and Villa? Is there something strangely unnerving about the loving for Bielsa whilst Leeds sit currently with the team that they've got three points off relegation? I don't get the loving and I'm not going to waste my time saying anything else. I've never got it. I've always said the minute they got promoted to the Premier League, I don't get it. Yeah, they've had a few big results along the way against the bigger teams, but he basically plays a glorified high press, never leave your team alone, four up to, you know, end up with four or five up top, all running in the box. But in the Premier League, that's bollocks because as we've seen time and again, with teams that press high, if there's teams with pace, you get punished. So this maraud of Bielsa ball or whatever the fucking wankfest term for it is, it's a myth. That game on Saturday, they were shite. Apart from, you know, the couple of goals in a few moments, they were crap. So they could have quite easily drew that game if Norwich had, a, well, <laughs> maybe not. But point is, if that's any other team, they lose or draw that game. I think the big issue with it is a good manager knows when to play a system and when to not play a system. I don't believe a manager is a good manager just to keep throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. The fact that he's just keeps playing this press, even when it doesn't. Last year it worked. He has no plan B. No, that's the big thing. Whereas players like managers like Klopp and Poch, although they, they, they play the, you know, Klopp with the Gergen press and Poch, and openly admits he admires Bielsa ball and all that, but he knows when he can do it and when he can't do it. 
Bielsa doesn't seem to. Well, I haven't seen any sign that he knows when it works and when it doesn't. Well, let's open up the bigger conversation. What has Bielsa done in his career that justifies this loving? I've never understood this. When they talk about Bielsa ball, the game they always refer to is a Champions League game from 2005, Athletic Bilbao versus Man United and how we tore them apart. That was 16 years ago. What, what has he done? It's odd. I've always wondered that and I always thought I was just inept and, and couldn't find it or anything, but it just became apparent that there wasn't any reason also, for it. Way, likewise, you take out Phillips and Rafinha in that Leeds team, it's an average team. It's shite. I, I thought it was really odd that 151 votes, only 1%. So what? What? It's barely two no, votes. One vote, one vote, yeah, one and a half votes. It's crazy to me and I just couldn't believe it. And I just thought it was just, I don't know whether neutrals have got wrapped up in the whole thing that just because their games are good to watch for, for good reasons or bad reasons, you know. But are they just I've never watched the game for, oh, yeah, he's really good to watch. Like, that game, they got thrashed by Man United. It was embarrassing to watch. I turned it over after 20 minutes. Yeah, it is, it's an odd one. It's very odd, very odd. But Bielsa Ball currently ain't doing shit for Leeds so far this season. So, we'll see. We'll see come uh, come the end of the December run in anyway, um, when things start to get very, very tough. Especially considering the team below them picks up a huge win, which we will come to in the second segment um the final game is the one that's currently ongoing and uh, we're in a bit of limbo so we won't spend too much time in it because it looked like we may have been able to wrap it up but it looks like Awobi obviously got a goal back for Everton uh, so it's currently Wolves to Everton one we're just short of 80 minutes on the clock um where do you sit with this are you surprised should Everton fans be concerned I'd be concerned I mean, with the way they're conceding goals. What four points in, out of 15, isn't it? I, th- I don't think concern's the wrong word. They started off on fire. It's hard to believe that. And don't forget, you know, the likes of um, Gray and Townsend had rich vein of purple patches at the beginning of the season, which took everyone by surprise. So maybe on average now, Law of Averages says that's petering out a bit because it should. Um but look, we all know what it's like. You miss your key player or two for a bit. It can upset the apple cart. So concerned would be the wrong word, I think. Um, I think Everton fans have always been waiting for a chance to get on the back of Rafa, right? And let's be fair, even with this defeat and Wolves winning, who will go above them, Everton are still only three points off Man United in fifth. But the moment they get the chance to bury the guy, I always felt they would. And I hope that the board are not naive to look and go, oh, the fans are against our manager. Because I could have called that from day one that they would have been like this. It's amazing how, like, Graham Potter's having a great season on 16 points, but Rafa's having a downturn in form and is is in trouble on 14 points. Like, where where is it? And Brentford... You know, it weren't that long ago that Brentford were winning the league the way everyone was reacting and they're sitting there in 12th below teams like Everton and whatnot. So the table's way too close to be put in the position in the league as a as a marker as to how well your teams are playing. Cookie can say that from experience where Arsenal were not that long ago. So, you know, look how quickly that's turned around. Wolves, however. We always said it, didn't we, with Wolves? What Once it clicked, it had clicked that they were playing well. They were unlucky. They got a couple of draws when they should have had wins. And they were at the wrong end of the table because of that. Now they've strung a couple of wins together, back to back. 
no surprise, just prop them up. I always felt they had it in them. I know you've mentioned it a few times. There was nothing wrong with the style of play. The manager wasn't afraid to make the changes. All they needed is a few of those draws and near misses, you know, to come to fruition and um, turn into three points and wins. I mean, if Wolves had beaten Leeds last week, they would have been fifth. That's a game they should have won as well, the Leeds one. Like, that's one where you, yes, they should have won others, but at least you'd look at it and go, well, it was Man United, you know, fair enough. But Leeds, they will be annoyed they didn't win that. Um, this result, I think, would, would rescue that. I think going forward, I think Wolves are in a great position. You know, they've got Palace, West Ham, Norwich, Burnley. By December, Wolves could be... We could be looking at Wolves on West Ham's arse here if they carry on. And they've got players to come back still. So Bruno Large is another one that, let's be fair, he's got 10 points in his last four games. So 10 out of 12. And this will now be, if he wins this, 13 out of 15. I won't linger on this game for too long because it's not finished. So we will need to come back to this at the end. So we'll move on for the time being and, and see where it is because all of a sudden if Everton get an equaliser, we could be looking at things differently here. Um, so that's the televised games. We get to the middle segment, uh, which as per usual, starts with predictions. Um, funny enough, we can't do one of the predictions because it's not finished yet. So I might have to again summarise that one at the end. Um, so we'll go to the two that were done. Uh, which we've not spoken about either of them yet. So the games were Wolves, Everton, Watford, Southampton, Burnley, Brentford. So we'll start with Watford, Southampton. Uh, Cookie, can you tell me what the score was of Watford, Southampton? 1-0 Southampton, it finished. It did, it finished 1-0 Southampton. Cookie, you will be delighted to know you got three points from that game because you nailed that one. Me and Jason both thought Watford would get a win off the back of their win against Everton and it just shows to show how inconsistent they are. This you got to get what I've been smoking. Yeah, definitely. Um, I need some of that. Uh, well, I think I actually took some because somehow Conte might be Spurs manager tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Burnley Brentford. Jace, what was the score of that one? Well, that one was a, a right smashing, wasn't it? That one was 3 0. Oh, sorry, 3 1 Brentford. Sorry, sorry, Brentford. Yeah, they had a goal. They had a goal. You uh, you act surprised that it was a, a win for Burnley, but lo and behold, you decided to smoke some kind of crack because you said <laughs> Burnley would uh, beat Brentford 2 1. <laughs> so you was a goal out, but was on the right track so you get a point for that one so cookie obviously i've got to add your three points on so that puts you on 16 and bearing in mind i'm on 19 you've caught up jason you go from 10 to 11 um now as for the everton watford just to show where you are currently cookie you can still get a point because you said two new wolves uh, it's currently obviously two one Jason, you said it'd be one all, so you need an Everton goal to get a point. Whereas myself, I have said it would be two one Wolves. So I am oh. hoping it remains that way, because then that would put me three points ahead again, uh, just as Cookie catches me up. So we'll come back to that in a bit. But now, Cookie, what part of the show do we come to? 
<laughs> this is where you completely mess us about and I have to say <laughs> something off the bat and I get all over the place. The will of wonder. I am warning you now, if I get Bundesliga again, <laughs> I'm just going to mute myself for a minute. <laughs> He's got it like four weeks on the trot. He begs me to put it in twice <laughs> on his spin. No, no way. Um, right, so here we go then. The Will of Wonder, um, Bundesliga Championship, Serie A, La Liga, League One. Not as difficult as last week though, Chase. Bearing in mind we had a shocker because there were games left, right and centre bit more organized this week so we are gonna spin the wheel once we know who's going first now i've gone first a few times so you know fair's fair who are we gonna have going first this week well cookie should go first he's had a week off. yeah here we go <laughs> go on in, go on then we'll give we'll give you the first come spin. on here we go spinning Ooh, okay okay Bundesliga is still available for you, Jace. Uh, La Liga, you've got Cook. Oh, okay. Right. Three, two, one, go. So, as Scott alluded to earlier, I'll start with the Saturday game where Barcelona again dropped more points to Alaves. And Depay put them 1 0 up. And you know the rest. I mean, there was a scary moment for Aguero, which we've now been told he's out for three months due to his conditions. Elsewhere, we had Valencia beat Villarreal 2-0. Sevilla got a good win at home against Osasuna 2-0. And Real Madrid, they still on rolling. They went one away, 2-1 away to Elche. Vinicius Jr. got both goals in that one for them. And on the Sunday, Sociedad and Bilbao drew 1-1. Getafe beat Espanyol 2-1. Atleti keep on rolling at home 3-0. Cadiz and Mallorca drew 1-1. And currently tonight, we had Rare Valacana and Celta de Vigo. 0-0. Thank Forget you very that one. much. Your time is up. I went too fast. You did very well, mate. I miss Granada. I missed them. Here we go then, Jace. Your spin, please. <laughs> Please, please let this be. Let this be. Here we go. Hey, I'm not even kidding, right? You've got four leagues to land on and you have landed on... No, go on. You have landed straight on Zibunda's Liga, my friend. Well, they'll know them all off by heart. I'll tell you what. The easiest way around this, Jace, is just just watch the league, innit? <laughs> you might as well watch it. You're a season ticket holder at the moment. <laughs> All right, Cookie, you can count him in. You can do the honours. Oh, right, yo. Come on, then. Three, two, one, go. So Hoffenheim kicked us off with a 2-0 win on the Friday against Lowly Heritha Berlin. We go on to Saturday, and no real so well, one surprise. Um, Leipzig dropping points against Frankfurt. Fine and Dortmund, comfortable winners. Leverkusen dropped points against Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg were also down to 10 men, so big result there. Um, 
Augsburg, 4-1 winners against Stuttgart and Much and Gladbach, 2-1 winners over Birchum. What does that mean for the top? Bayern, no surprise. Top, Dortmund just in behind, a point behind. Freiburg maintaining their run of form and starting to pull away from Leverkusen in third and Leverkusen maintain fourth. As for the bottom, Augsburg, Bielefeld and Firth all struggle at the bottom. Wow, very nicely done. Nicely done. Lewandowski on 12 goals already this season. Oh, jeez. And they're not flying either off in good front, that, which is odd. Context, Freiburg, who are third, have scored 17 goals. <laughs> in the games that Bayern win, they win like five, but they've also, not won that many as many games. Also, get this. So, Bayern Munich, goals conceded 10. Dortmund goals conceded 15. Leverkusen, I purposely missed Freiburg out. Leverkusen goals conceded 16. Freiburg goals conceded 7. Solid. Jesus, wow. Do you know the Very other good major start. thing, and I'm, you might not have picked up on it, but the team above Augsburg, Frankfurt, mm. are in the Europa League. So that just goes to show you, when you talk about Werder Bremen and Schalke no longer being in the top league, after being in Europe not that long ago, mm. could Frankfurt be another one? That's how bad the struggle. it just turns on its head. It's crazy. Anyway, um, my turn. I've got Uber Eats. At, I always, uh, talk about someone that always gets the same one. I always <laughs> get Uber Eats. I've made water of my own back with that one because I named it that and now it won't leave me alone. Serie A, Uber Eats and the Championship. It could be for me. So here we go. I've got Serie A. Of course you did. Serie A is my league this week. Ready? Yeah, go on. Three, two, one, go. The obvious place to start would be with the question, is it a crisis all over again for Juventus as they suffered their second defeat in a row, this time losing 2-1 to Verona? That's one point in three games for the old ladies now. Elsewhere, Milan won the big game of Serie A this week against Jose's Roma boys, winning 2-1. It's not enough to have them top of the table, however, sitting in second on goal difference to leaders Napoli, who have won their last two games in a row. They're still undefeated this season and have, in fact, only drawn one game all season, all the others being a win. Pretty good going. Elsewhere, Inter, Fiorentina and Torino were winners this week. Inter a third, yet already seven points adrift at the top. Roma and Atalanta are fourth and fifth, and Lazio take the final European spot. Calgary are bottom once again and lost tonight as well. Very good. 58 seconds. I would like to know if any other team is unbeaten so far this season, along with Napoli, in any other league. Don't think they are in the top for European. I think even Bayern lost, didn't they? Yeah. Bayern have lost a game, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Freiburg. Oh, yeah. Freiburg haven't Freiburg lost Freiburg haven't have lost they? a game. I've just got up here. Cool. That's a team to watch, Jace. You might as well support them if you're going to do <laughs> Bundesliga reports every week. <laughs> Buy the shirt, mate. We'll join you for a game. Didn't they yeah. have Papa Cisse? Didn't, weren't they the team that had Cisse originally? I thought. I remember Before that. he went to Newcastle, I'm sure they did. For yeah, some reason, yeah, I did. Right, I think so. Yeah, I think you're I right. Don't know how I a bit of history. Wow. So, anyway, so Cookie, 
Championship or League One? If you had the choice, which one are you hoping for? Or is that a silly question? I'll go visit my mates in the Championship. I tell you what, lockdown isn't in place anymore. You go and visit your mates in the Championship because that's who you've oh, got. Oh, you're giving me it. Jason's got League One. He'll be delighted. Go on and cook. Yeah, go on. Off you go. Uh, now. So on Friday, QPR and Forest played a 1-1 draw. Nothing more left to see said about there. There were big wins for Fulham, Birmingham, Preston, Swansea and Bournemouth. Keep on rolling at the top with a 2-0 away win at Redden. You've got a fantastic game between Stoke and Cardiff, a 3 all draw where Cardiff were actually 3-0 down. There were wins for Coventry, Huddersfield, Blackburn at my mate's Derby, Bristol City 2-1, Barnsley. And we've got Sheffield United again losing to Blackpool. So Bournemouth top of the league, five points clear of Fulham, West Brom, Coventry, Huddersfield and Blackpool currently sit in the playoff positions. At the bottom, my mate's Derby, bottom of the table with their nine-point deduction. Then come Barnsley, Hull, and Cardiff just thank sitting you very above. Much. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Nearly got that then. Nearly, nearly. Big game that Fulham West Brom one. Whew. Mitrovic has got 18 goals in 15 games this season in the championship. He got a hat trick, didn't he? Got a big hat trick in that game. Yep. Um, did not see West Brom getting spanked like that, but hey ho, hey ho. Right, Jace, Uber Eats, my friend. Right, Jace, are you ready? Buzzing. Three, two, one. Let's Uber Eats. So. PSG leave it late on the Friday. Big game on paper. Di Maria rescued them on the 88th minute. 2-1 winners there. And then it was fairly quiet, a sombre affair on the Saturday. Um, some would say that the league went for a, a siesta. Um, Lyon 2-1 wins over Lens and St Etienne can only muster a draw against Metz. Sunday was the big one, almost a full card of fixtures. Monaco lost to Brest 2-0. Marseille just scrimping a 1-0 win over Clermont. Um, Wellsfair, Bordeaux, 3-2 winners over Reims. Nice over Angers, 2-1 winners. René drew 2 with Troyes. And then Strasbourg, comfortable winners over Lorient. PSG still top. Bad job, I hear you say, for Potch. Well, he's not doing too badly. Nice, Nice are sitting very nicely in second. Marseille in third. Renan fourth. Uh, and your order has been delivered. Very nice. Very nice. Lovely. Very nice. Very nice. nice. Um, we can come back quickly before we go on to the non-televised games to the one because it is now game over. So that is three points for me. Predictions. Thank you very much. I will take them right now. Cookie, you do get a Damn. point though. So don't, don't you know... They're four got... points this week. I'm happy. I'm getting better at this prediction, Malarkey. Yeah, you've, you've, you've done all right. So that's three points for me. So that puts me on 22 and gives you 17. So there's a bit of a gap opening up between you and Jason. Now, Jason, I've been telling you for weeks and weeks, get moving. Um, so not much has changed with that one. Wolves winning. So I guess we don't need to say too much. Um, non-televised games now. I've got to be honest. Bearing in mind these games were non-televised, there were some massive, massive games. Um, 
maybe not beforehand, but the results for sure have made the massive game. So if there was a time to talk about non-televised games, I'd say it was this one, all bar one, one game maybe, went pretty much, you know, followed the script. We will start at Anfield though. Liverpool 2, Brighton 2, just as you think Brighton are tailing off. They go and pull a result out of the bag, which not many teams will do, I don't think, this season, uh, especially being 2-0 down. Did you see that one coming? That's the first question. Not at all. I had I had Liverpool um, cruise control. In fact, I'm surprised they only settled for two before half-time. I don't think they did, to be fair, judging by the fact that, you know, you had a goal ruled out, um, two goals ruled out, actually, Salah and Mane. Mane's was a handball. It was the, it was handball. Yes, you can't, can't say otherwise. Uh, Salah's very close. I, don't, I wouldn't say they settled for two goals, um, but then again, Brighton had a goal ruled out as well. Gossard was brilliant, in fairness. In that he was. He was very good. And, you know, them, that might be their solution when... Um, Morpay can't play um, or doesn't play even. Would you say it was, bearing in mind Morpay was fit, would you say that Graham Potter, you know, showed himself to have a bit of a plan there? He must have seen something because, he, well, it's got a result that, I, as we said, none of us expected. He's never one to show away from dropping plays. He dropped Morpay after that um, Arsenal incident a couple of seasons ago. He just went for what, you know, Trossard is a, I, I rate Trossard. I think he's a great player. He can harry, he can run in between the lines. He's got the work rate. But differences, of course, Trossard can also track back and defend. Would you have got that if Mopé was in the team? Probably not. You'll get a handful of these a season with Liverpool where, you know, they seem to dominate, but don't come away quite with what they expected. Um, but yeah. Certainly a result that I don't think anyone saw come in a million years, to be fair. I mean, do, when you're Liverpool fighting for the league, do you look at Brighton and think, yeah, we could get a draw here? Maybe at away home. from home, but at home? You're at I home. Mean, two up. Expected to win it, should have been, it should have been three points, 2-0 up. It should have been I don't think points. there's any excuse there, is there? No, no. They did this um, with Brentford, didn't they, a few weeks ago, and they got caught out in that back line. So there are there are weaknesses in that Liverpool team. Look, the way Liverpool play is a bit like what we were saying about being one-dimensional and you know high press and this, that, and the other. But Klopp has his way of playing, but that way of playing comes with risks. And that risk is if you're against a team that is like, okay, we're gonna come at you on the counter, if you've got pace and you can get it behind the wing backs, then definitely you'll be caused a problem. And the key then, of course, is can you then be clinical enough to take those chances? Now, most teams won't be, but Brighton, on the day, have been. And that's the difference between getting a point or nothing. Liverpool's next two games, West Ham away, Arsenal at home. I think they take six points. Do you? Yeah, I think so. so. I've got four points. I think they'll be. West I think they'll beat us, well. but they'll go and get a point at West Ham. I think West Ham are playing that well at the minute. They'll, I reckon, West Ham will give take the game to them. I don't think this is a blip for Liverpool. I don't. It's just one of them games. Oh, no, it's one of them games. I, I don't see it. I don't think this is all of a sudden going to be drop points against West Ham, drop points against Arsenal. 
I think they'll reply with a win and that, that I think they'll take six from six in those two games. Interesting. No, interesting. I was going to say they might need to because uh, Chelsea have got Burnley um, in one of theirs, but then they are away to Leicester after. So maybe that is a bit of a match. It would only make logical sense that I would come on to Chelsea then, um, bearing in mind I just mentioned them. I think we can get this one out of the way in a good five minutes because, well, it doesn't say a lot, you know. Newcastle, Chelsea. I don't. I don't think we're seeing anything for Newcastle there. The only thing that I, <laughs> Newcastle is still yet to win a game all season. Um, how how long until this takeover goes very quiet? I said it last week. First and foremost, Newcastle need to recognise. Forget the excitement about having 50, 60, 70 million to spend in in January, because in January that ain't going to get you a lot of player because everyone will be demanding top, top money. You know, January's already a premium window. So even if they had 100 million, it'd get them, what, three players tops? It's not going to be enough. They need to recognise, first and foremost, yes, you're the richest club in the world now, but you are in a relegation battle. That is the first thing they have to recognise. If they don't recognise that, then they're game over. They have to keep St Maximum and Wilson fit, Either one of them two are missing, it's game over. Reese James is flying, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Having a great season. I think, to be fair, both of them are, Chilwell and James. Uh, great for England. Um, but no, Chelsea seem to have hit. But again, we've mentioned this a few times. That is another three goals that Chelsea have scored, whereby one of their attacking players has not scored. How many times is that this season? That's frightening. So, yeah, bit, bit, it's, it's so surprising how many goals have come from their defence um, this season. Credit to them, but alarming at the same time. And I know Lukaku and Werner didn't play, but still we need to mention that because that still gave Ziyech, Havertz and Hudson-Odoi a chance to score, and they didn't. Um, right, Cookie, let's go on mute. Let's give him a chance. Uh, he's been saving it. I can tell. He's, he's been saving his throat. His you know, of glory. He's been Go warming on. up. He's been warming up. Oh, God's sake. I hope, I hope he's, um, he's relieved himself before this one because... <laughs> uh, no, let's, let's be fair. Let's be fair. This oh, is a huge what a, result. What a Absolutely huge. Um, look, I, I can't say much. I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. So I'll pass it over to you, my friend, to try and somehow summarise this in five minutes or so to give us a chance to chip in. But what are you <laughs> saying? Result aside, and it is a massive, massive result that I did not see coming. I just want to say that this is probably, in terms of Patrick Vieira, I mean, I have my doubts because it's like, a bit like Spurs. We slung together our eighth or ninth choice and just said, you know what? Let's just go with him. But the fit he has been for Palace in terms of buying into the club, the players buying into him, the trans- everything about it has just been click, 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 click. And it's hard to believe, but the two points dropped late on against Brighton, Arsenal, Newcastle, and then Leicester, if they ended up as wins we would have been sitting in fourth place right now if they went as they, they should have done. They didn't. but And 
the most important part of the context to Palace's season so far, and that result on Saturday just showed, out of the 10 games we've played, we have played sides at the time of when we played them that were first, second, third, fourth, sixth, eighth, ninth, 11th, 12th, and then 19th. And then this weekend, we'll face a Wolves team that are currently placed in seventh after that result tonight. So as much as he got criticism for the fact that we were drawing games, if you look on paper, we have only lost two of those games. Two of those games against teams that are mostly in the top eight of the league. I think that result against City just typifies Patrick Vieira's stamp on Palace. And I think given how we used to laugh and say, oh, Palace are going to really struggle this year. There's no way they'll survive getting 10 players out of contract and bringing in eight new players. Considering it's his first time in the Premier League, I think he's done, in any uncertain terms, an incredible job. It was a, it was a great game. Um, again, Man City just don't appear to have much going for them. Um, 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 you know what I'm alluding to. I just can't get my head around it. It's another game that goes by with a lack of creativity from from certain players. And how many more times do we need to sit oh, there you're and battering of Jack Grealish, Bernie? Oh, Jones. it's getting them. It's just it's. How, I mean, how many games? Do I mean, Joel you, do you Ward go? had him in his pocket the whole game, pretty much. There's no it's pace there all. whatsoever. You've got a guy that can threaten Palace. Bearing in mind how quick Palace break. You have Sterling on the other end of the field. You always got your eye on it. Sterling against Joe Ward is it's game over in terms of that that line. And they they continue to play him, and it, they played right into Palace's hands. I mean, Joe Ward must have thought, God, I could face Mares, I could face Sterling today, and he got Grealish. I mean, you're telling me he wasn't sitting there going, "Thank God." Yeah. So I just think it's ridiculous. City weren't at it. Even without the red card, before the red card, they weren't at it. Palace, you know, were playing them and playing in a way. And the lack of striker again, lack of vocal point, like you say, the lack of kind of creativity and the persistence with Grealish in that. Cookie, how much do you value, before we move on, Conor Gallagher at this moment in time and Jay's trying not to say anything but Cookie, how much to, do you value him? I was about to snip in then before you actually oh, mentioned How much do you value him? What In terms of what he's done already? Oh, well, just how much would you value him at this moment in time and then I've got a follow-up question. I mean, in today's market, he's got to be worth around 35 to 40. Yeah, I had that in my head. Now, there's another question. Is his value higher because of how important not only to Palace at this moment in time, but Chelsea looking at him right now. How how much do Chelsea need a player like that? He's the next Kante for Chelsea, 100%. Two shells already well, said he wants They him. won't take him. They won't take him. No, no, I've no. Got how a, Chelsea I've got operate. a funny feeling no, no, no. that Chelsea might let him go if the right offer gets... Yeah, that's two, what I mean. That's not how Chelsea operate. They'll let him go. Two, two shells already said, though, you know, before he signed for Palace, right? He signed a five-year contract. Two shell already wants him. Trust me when I say this. He wants Gallagher at Chelsea. Uh, Gallagher was going to stay this season, but... But you wouldn't say no to a permanent deal with Gallagher if it was on the oh, table. Of course, they, of course they'd take it. Of course we would. <laughs> of course. But I'll tell you now, we won't get him for anything less than 40 to 45 million. All right. So you, you offer... You, if Chelsea say you can have him for 50 million... 
Mm. Would you I pay think it? I think they'll go for it. I don't think there's another midfielder like him. Well, big question. How good of a midfield would be Declan Rice, Mason Mount and Conor Gallagher? Oh, it'd be unplayable. Declan Rice and Conor Gallagher next to each other. I mean, James MacArthur is 34 and already Conor Gallagher, like he runs more yards on average than Conor Gallagher. Um, but imagine him with a Declan Rice that's 10 years younger than James MacArthur because that's what you'd get. Another big question before we move on, because it's, it's certainly something to raise for another time. World Cup, does he get ahead of someone like Jude Bellingham? Um, oh, he probably won't. He is like a lamp, like he's a box to box version of Lampard, but he can score goals. And the, the thing with Gallagher, the, the thing with Gallagher is it's, and that's, this is what's won Palace games, is his energy in midfield. He can run the whole 90 minutes back and forth. A bit like Kante, when Kante was at Leicester and how he was first used at Chelsea. He just runs non-stop. If you need him to press, he can press. If you, I mean, Cookie will vouch for this at the Arsenal game. One of the goals that we scored came from the fact that he pressed one of your players out of possession. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That, that's invaluable. You, like, he is literally, from minute one until the end, non-stop. Well, look at it this way. At this moment in time, bearing in mind the season finishes in, what, May, right? So he will need to be playing from September to, to well, I mean, till November and then the World Cup starts. Mm. In the England squad currently, you would have had players, so Jordan Henderson will go, other than Foden, Rice, Mount, they'll go. But then when you start looking at players like Ward-Prowse was in the squad, Sancho was in the squad, Obviously, you've got Jack Grealish, which you may go, even though I'm sitting there going, well, hang on, <laughs> like, you know, performances-wise. Do you think he's got a chance to take one of them? I mean, Sancho, can he's he go? He's got every chance. He's got every chance. Of course he has. I think there's an opportunity there. It depends how Chelsea treat him. And I just wonder if he's got that in the back of his mind. Um, because at the mm. moment, he's certainly one knocking on the door. And when you Definitely think about making a case himself. You know, if Chelsea signed Declan Rice, for example, oh, Mount Rice and Gallagher could pick themselves for England if they were the three in the midfield. Gallagher really wanted to stay at Chelsea. I, he he will be a Chelsea player next season, I believe. I, I think Jason. I think Jason's onto it. I think he will. I think, but if he if he isn't, then well, I don't think he will be. Quick. Chelsea do um, not operate like that. Two more games. Watford nil, Southampton one. I mean, bloody roller coaster Watford are, aren't they? Um, go and <laughs> turn over Everton like that, and then they don't even score against Southampton. Um, big result for Southampton. Shea Adams with the goal, and Watford go back to same old Watford. Can they stay up doing this? They'll struggle. They'll struggle. I think they'll stay up given who's in the bottom three at the minute. Mm, I think that's key. But. It all depends on a certain other team because no one thought Burnley would be uh, pulling up trees, but then they've pulled out a result when it mattered. And do I fancy Burnley over Watford? I probably would, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, guess we can overlap a little bit because, you know, bearing in mind three of the teams are the ones that are scraping at the bottom. So Watford nil, Southampton one, which we just said, but then Burnley go ahead and do a 3-1 over Brentford of all teams. Um I mean, I didn't. I certainly didn't think it was going to be, especially in that manner. But then again, you know, Brentford. Let's be fair. That's three defeats on the trot. 
the bubble's burst. Yeah, the bubble could be bursting very quickly. But I mean, Burnley, and I said this last week, Jace, you know, Cornet, he had a goal disallowed and then he got a goal anyway. Could he be the, the player that Burnley desperately needed to just give him a boost? Because Chris Wood starts scoring, as I said last season, you know, fair play to him. He does, well, every season for Burnley, he does hit double figures. Mm-hmm. So Cornet and Chris Wood alone could get them 20 goals. Well, they've always missed, apart from Wood and when they had Dwight McNeil in his peak, they've always missed that one player I felt with dynamism that really most teams had in the bottom half. But now they've got him, like you say, it's a bit of a game changer. But I think Watford can't, the thing with Watford, going back to Watford, is They've gone into that game against Southampton. They've come off the back of a really good result. Then they winnable game against Southampton. And it's just kind of padded out and, you know, turned into a drab 1-0 loss. And now they go into Sunday's game, I think it is, isn't it, with Arsenal away. I can't see them getting anything there, given Arsenal's form and how Arsenal put Leicester aside so comfortably. And then... They've got United and Leicester for the remaining fixtures in November. Watford are a funny old team where they might pop up and probably get results when they're not meant to. See, I think Norwich and Newcastle are too far down and then there's one spot. I mean, will Watford fall into that one spot? Well, if Burnley carry on the way they do, they are, with the, I mean, look Burnley at, are looking I mean, more resilient. With Watford, very quickly, right? So the next 10 games... There is only three teams they're playing that are in the bottom half of the table. The rest are all in the top six or seven. Funny enough, though, Burnley as well, they've got the only teams up until the end of December that are in the bottom. Well, when you talk about bottom half, so they've got Villa, they've got Watford, funny enough. They've got Newcastle and they've got Palace. All the others are Man United, Everton, uh, West Ham, Wolves, Tottenham, Chelsea. So it's very tough. It could be a battle of them two. Um, and we, look, we're not even counting Villa here or Southampton. Yeah, you know, they're, they're not far. Brentford are on the run now. They could drop down all of a sudden. Brentford are sinking very quick. Um, you know and, I mean? you know, fair, Brentford have got to get a good turnaround in the next two games against Norwich and Newcastle and, and hope that they get six points on the... Anything less than six points on the board there and then you might be starting to think, ooh... I think they're good enough to, to not go down that route. But goals, uh, though, from their front too. Yeah, they do. Tony's not scored many, considering he's had a good season. But no, it's there were two games, uh, two big results. I mean, usually you'd probably see a draw play out there with Watford-Southampton. So fair play to Southampton for getting a win. Uh, and Burnley, I mean, that was a massive result. It was a bit unf- unfair of me to put it last, but... That shows how strong this week was for the non-televised games um, because I don't think Brighton, Palace, Southampton or Burnley would have been sitting there thinking they would have been, you know, well, Southampton at a push would have hoped for one. But away from home, bearing in mind they hadn't really got many wins this season. Um, it's massive, absolutely massive. And like that, we're done. So now we need to do the predictions for next week. Um so where are we at now? We are in game week 11. Already. Already. Yep. Already. Ryan. So 
I mean, we've got a few narratives here because a, a couple of the televised games are uh, are pretty tasty. Who's going first? Who wants to take a punt and snap up one of the games? Go on, Jace, you go first. Go on then. I'll go first. I'm going to be really boring though, and I'm going to carry the torch for Wolves because they're on an interesting run, and I'm going to go for Wolves Palace. Had to go with your own game, didn't you? Just because Wolves, it's, uh, it's an interesting game for Wolves, especially after tonight's result as well. Right, well, I'm going to take a shot and I'm going to say, well, I don't think you'll lose that game. But I don't think Wolves will, so I'm going to go for a 2-2. Chase, what are you saying? I'm going to go Bolshe. I'm going to say 2-1 Palace. Yeah, I'll say I'll say one all. One all. I feel like you know Wolves are very up and down. They win a game and then they they might draw one, uh, but then they'll go back to winning one. So I could I could bear in mind it's at Selhurst as well. I'll, I'll goals in this one. Yeah, I thought that, but then I'm I, I don't I don't think I can go for your scoreline either. You know, at the end of the day, it's about trying to trying to separate from the pack, and I, I desperately need to keep those three points coming in. Go on then, Cookie. What game are you going for? So I'm going to go with one of the tasty ones and I'm going to go West Ham Liverpool. Go on then, what's your score? You made See, a bad prediction earlier. I've gone, gone uh, well, I did say four points. Are you reversing live on air what you said ten minutes ago? 3-1 Liverpool. He has literally gone back on himself in, in, in the space of ten minutes. I said four points from the games. I didn't say where it was coming from. You said West Ham would beat you, so that must have been the draw against Liverpool. Still four points is four points. You, so, so you're saying that Arsenal are going to draw against... I'm against... confident we'll get a point. OK, fair enough. No, fair enough. I reckon Liverpool win that. I think, I think they'll win it 2-1. Go on then, Jace, what do you reckon? Liverpool win 4-2. That'd be a good game. Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to go down the Tottenham route. Go for the other big one on the Saturday. No, I'm going Friday night. Oh, you're a Villa. Oh, no. You talk about a big game. I mean, this would be a story in itself. If Southampton get the win there, what does that do to Villa? And funny enough, I am actually saying Southampton are going to win that two-one. Go on, Jase. Oh, I was gonna. I'm gonna sit by because that was my gut feeling. I'm gonna say the same as Scott. Two one. Two one. Yeah. Oh, I can't go same. You can I? One nil Saints. So we all think Southampton are gonna win. <laughs> so Villa are bringing it <laughs> home. <laughs> Villa ain't winning. They're all over the place. <laughs> Who's up or down? Uh, Cookie, you already had yours nailed on early. So go on then. Yeah, uh, Newcastle. Like I said, I hope they fail and go down as the richest club in the world. So where are they now? Because they're 15th, is that right? Uh, they're 15th, so yeah. You moved them down three spots to 14th the other week when you was yeah, on. so I got them down to 15th then. Well, you need to do last week's one and all. Oh, well then send them down again then. <laughs> I need to sort them out. Jace, I'm going to move West Ham up. So where are they now? Well, they were 11th, so that would make them 10th. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. 11th. 
I mean, we, to be fair, I didn't think West Ham were going to replicate like, um, last season, but they seem to be. Okay, that makes sense. Um, ooh, I see. I thought I'd be easily moving Brentford up constantly now, but now I'm. They're, they're currently 17th, but now I'm just a little bit anxious. Um, I'm holding fire. I'm going to move Villa down from 12th to 13th, which means Wolves will go above them. Yeah, I think Wolves are going to be strong enough to sit just top half or just outside. And like that, we are bang on time. Well played, boys. Um, we had a lot to talk about and we did very well. We got it done. Um, and yeah, just like that, we are done. So next week, Cookie, you're not here. It will be me and Jace. Jace, anything in the week or any games that you're looking forward to talking about next week before, before we wrap it up? No, I'm interested to see what Conte does for Spurs. Well, yeah, that's if that even happens. If it's not done or announced by, I'd say, about half 11, which is usually about the right time, um, keep an eye on Fabrizio's Twitter, just in case. But I think, from what I'm hearing from the right people, it's done. He's in ready for the first training session tomorrow. Jason's guaranteed. No, he is. It's all, it's all over the place. It's, there's no way it's done. It's closer than it was last time, 100%. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't have even been open for discussion if it wasn't going to happen because he should have just palmed off the phone call. But clearly he was keen, so maybe something's changed and I think it's all to do with a bit of dough, a bit of money. But yeah, we don't even know if it's going to happen. It'll probably be Eddie Howe, so we'll see. Um, but join us next week to see if that does come to fruition because we will have a lot to say about it uh, I'm sure as well as the other big games in the meantime though gents enjoy the rest of your week and I will speak to you both soon anyway people see you next week see you.